Hello everyone and welcome to the non-Smackdown Wind Down review, recapping everything Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 23 of Rise of Subtopia officially comes to a close and I wished I could give you a proper review from last night's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, but due to a lot of noise that I have dealt with over the last couple of hours, in terms of fireworks that you might hear go off in the background at this point, firecrackers, cars, it's been ridiculous and it's been incredibly distracting for me recording. And if you had to listen to this, it would have been an absolute disaster. So if you hear things going off right now, that is what it is. And I can't do a complete review with all of this background noise, which is the biggest hill in my life at the moment. But I did want to hop on here and let you guys know that I will be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Eastern with the Fighter Fest Fallout Part 1 with extra special guest co-hosts Mark Harburg from the Phantom Effect podcast. Great podcast discussing all things pop culture and how our fandoms can relate to our everyday lives, which is a cool gig. I'm appearing on a future episode in the upcoming weeks. I will let you know when it drops. And until then, I do want to offer some quick SmackDown recommendations. If you're caught up on the show and if you haven't seen it yet, what you need to check out in the meantime, in between time. First and foremost, check out one of the best television matches of the year with or without fans featuring Matt Riddle versus John Morrison. This was a true treat to watch. They just went out there and randomly had one of the best matches in WWE this year, and it was effortless. Their chemistry was impeccable, and Morrison, I will still stand by this until the end of time. In his twilight years of his career, since his return to WWE, he needs to have a meaningful singles run. He is tremendous at everything he does. He can adapt to any style and work with anyone, and last night was no exception against Matt Riddle. And for those of you wondering, Matt Riddle is still working. The push is still ongoing and he is zeroing in on a feud against King Corbin and AJ Styles simultaneously, which is good for one half of the equation for AJ Styles and not so much for King Corbin. You know how I feel about the gimmick. Nothing against the person. He's a great guy, very funny, a wonderful chef on social media, but as a character, his King gimmick is absolutely channel turning. And hopefully the sooner Matt Riddle gets away for rum, King Corbin, the better. And as far as the investigation regarding Matt Riddle, WWE is aware of everything that's been happening for the last couple of years. And the company is taking the approach of let Riddle's legal representation handle the situation. And as for me, I am a little bit more comfortable watching his matches after the first week of, holy shit, this is weird, to now I can watch his matches as a performer and still appreciate what he does. So performer, person, I can definitely separate the two. And until there is actionable measures taken by WWE, I'm not going to ignore him on this podcast. He is a wonderful in-ring performer as a person. I don't know because I don't know him like most fans don't know any of their faves on a personal level. So who am I to say what kind of person he is on a surface level? I have no clue, but it's very important to have your spidey senses tingling at all times. Be aware of what's being posted on social media. Don't buy everything hook, line, and sinker from your faves. I will say that then, now, and forever to quote WWE. Always be self-aware of certain stuff. We can celebrate the performer, we can respect the craft and what they do, but on a personal level, we don't know shit. 
and I would prefer to keep it that way until there is more information that is more concrete and more definitive. And when that comes to that, that's up to WWE and Matt Riddle's legal team. And wherever the chips fall, they will. And we shall go from there. But as a performer, always a fan of his. As a person, the jury's out. And I'm fine with saying that, but I can definitely separate the two and offer my fair take on him as a performer. And right now, since his debut, he's two for two for having great television matches against AJ Styles and John Morrison, respectively. And speaking of AJ Styles, he attacked Matt Riddle after his match at Morrison, not offering any results. Check out the match online or on demand on Fox to find what you missed on last night's program. But as for AJ Styles, he did face Drew Gulak in their scheduled IC title match that was supposed to happen last week, but it was delayed until last night. I will say this, I thought they under-delivered in some ways. This was a very lopsided match, really in favor of AJ Styles. Drew Gulak has some hope spots, but spoiler alert, the outcome was never in doubt. But I expected a little bit more because their first match a few weeks ago was really good and I wanted them to expand on that to make it a little bit more even and competitive. Gulak had his moments to shine, but it wasn't enough as AJ Styles pretty much overwhelmed him from the opening bell. But still check it out to see how the closing sequence was as it was excellent to end the match on a high note for the champ. AJ Styles. And the highlight of the evening, besides Roto versus Morrison, was the greatness of Sasha Banks and Bailey. One of the reigning MVPs of the Empty Arena era, they're great. They did a tribute package to themselves as they patted each other on the back for being great, but there was some subliminal messaging from Sasha Banks as she carried her body language certain ways when it came to Bailey saying she's the greatest champion ever and then says hmm maybe that should be me wearing that title at some point and sure enough later on in the night she did wear Bailey's Smackdown women's title around her waist and she felt very at home wearing it so I loved that foreshadowing that storytelling and how WWE is taking their time with the storyline and I am also presuming that Bailey and Sasha have a lot of say so in the storyline to make sure they do it right this time around because we went through this a couple of years ago and it was completely botched this time we're taking a slow and steady approach they're much more comfortable as heels it's a great dynamic they're hitting their groove and you know what they're not being overexposed on WWE television. They are carrying the women's division on their backs across three brands, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and Sasha Banks. I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Two out of the last three NXTs, she's been the draw. She said so herself. She moves numbers, point blank, period. She's a difference maker, and that should be acknowledged. And that's a rarity to say that someone has the pull and the power to gravitate people from one show to another and do it with the greatest of ease. And I thought Sasha has had a sensational last couple of months as she's finding out how great she can be once again, getting back to where she was back in 2016 during her series of matches against Charlotte that carried over from the summer into the fall that ultimately culminated at roadblock end of the line. Yes, I remember that pay-per-view. That was in conjunction with the brand split part due back in 2016, which is almost four years ago this month. Time really flies and it's wonderful to see Bailey and especially Sasha 
hit their groove, hit their stride, and run shit the way they should. Shinsuke Nakamura and Kofi Kingston had a pretty good singles match as well with some minimal outside interference from Cesaro and Big E as they were both ejected from ringside during the latter portions of this match, which saw, spoiler alert, Shinsuke Nakamura defeat Kofi Kingston with a Kinshasa in a pretty good match. Great back and forth action throughout and Kofi and Shinsuke really looked strong and there was some foreshadowing as Cesaro came out to introduce a table until Biggie broke things up, which leads to a SmackDown tag team title match between the New Day's Kofi Kingston and Biggie against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura next week. And I am still hinting at a possible tables match at Extreme Rules, the horror show, if there's not a definitive finish to next week's title match. And as for the main event, we had Sheamus delivering a toast to Jeff Hardy from home. I guess he is opting to stay at home at this time for whatever reason. I'm not gonna speculate on the why, but he offered the toast from home. We had a bartender inside the ring with all kinds of spirits and alcohol and bubbly, and it was a tedious segment to watch. I'm not a fan of WWE exploiting Jeff Hardy's sobriety and his alcoholism. That's not cool. That is an ongoing battle every single day of one's life. It never stops, it never ends. And that needs to be acknowledged. And Jeff did acknowledge it during his promo, but that still isn't enough for me. It's tacky, it's tasteless. This felt out of place during the main event segment and Seamus is pretty much goading him to take a drink because he's a loser. And that's what his family would expect him to do to fall off the wagon once again and he tried to tempt Jeff Hardy to drink and the bartender poured him a glass of bubbly and Matt Hardy promptly poured it over the dude's head smashed a bottle over his head and delivered a swanton bomb from the top rope of Smackdown went off the air a little before the top of the hour and as I said this was an anticlimactic way to end an otherwise strong in-ring episode of SmackDown on Fox. Once again, there were some notable people missing from last night's show. I am not gonna tell you who it was. If I do not mention them by name, then you can pretty much put two and two together and deduce from there. As for the crowd, most of the WWE PC trainees were wearing masks, a few were not, and it should be noted that WWE has put in a mask ordinance requirement for all WWE performers who are going to be audience members during Raw, SmackDown, and NXT tapings. You must wear a mask during the taping. Failure to do so will result in a $500 fine for the first violation and a $1,000 fine for every violation thereafter. So if you're pinching pennies as a WWE PC trainee, you might want to put the fucking mask on your face to protect yourself and others. And that is how it should be done. I know that Taz mentioned on Wednesday's episode of AW Dynamite slash Fighter Fest that WWE runs a sloppy shop that is... A fair jab, because I went in on WWE last week for how they handle coronavirus in terms of their response, which was absolutely shitty up until last week. And hopefully they have the protocol in place. Everything is ordered and structured and is no longer a mad house. One can only hope and presume that is the case moving forward. But as a show, with the exception of the main event segment, this was a strong in-ring episode of Friday Night Smackdown, one of the better shows of the year if we just simply eliminate that main event segment, but beggars can't be choosers at the end of the day. And I wished I could offer you a more full-blown review, but noise 
and my patience was wearing thin at the exact same time. So hopefully this condensed version of the SmackDown Wind Down will tie you over for this 4th of July weekend. But don't fret, I'll be back tomorrow morning. You heard that right, tomorrow morning with the Fire to Fest Fallout Part 1 with extra special guest co-host Mark Hallberg from the Fandom Effect Podcast. I can't wait to dish with him on all things AEW to get you through your Sunday and hopefully your Monday as well if you're gonna be a little restless heading into the post 4th of July weekend festivities, which is always a fun time or so they say. <laughs> but thank you nonetheless for checking out the latest condensed edition of the SmackDown Wind Down, recapping the highs and lows from Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on Twitter at LadyWrestlingX and on Instagram at WrestleSubtopia. They can find me promoting these podcast shows on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, AW Dynamite, NXT, and Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Feel free to download past episodes on all of your favorite podcast directories dating back to the Raw Verdict number 1 recapping the fallout from the 2020 Royal Rumble on January 28th. You can find me by searching Russell Subtopia on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow recapping Fighter Fest Part 1 with extra special guest co-host Mark Hallberg from the Fandom Effect. Until then, enjoy July 4th, stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.